50, 50 cal salt bike, 40 warbles, 30 GHDs, and 20 Chester bars, two rounds. Okay. Well, did you do that in the gym? Have you got a GHD at all? No, I did that at the gym. All oh, right, no. okay. I was tempted to buy a GHD on that CrossFit buy and sell. I'd seen one come up for 175 quid, but it was in fucking Portsmouth or something like that. I thought I can't be asked going all the way down there for that. No. Right, people, what have we got? I think you asked the first question last week, so I'll do this one. Right, let's get kicking off. Um... Right, first question. I've had two online one-to-one -one clients leave this month who have been great to work with. One has a back injury and one is a teacher who is going traveling for most of the six week summer holidays. Both have expressed that they are interested in returning in their future, apart from keeping them on as members in my private Facebook group and dropping them the odd message of hi, how are you getting on type message? Would you recommend any other ways to help them sign back up with me? Um, the only thing I would suggest, apart from those two things, is what in like for example in the mess in the Facebook group, keep tagging them in, keep like calling them out, so to speak. On maybe not like accountability, especially if like the you know the teacher's traveling and one can't can't um, you know they've got a back injury and can't really kind of move or or not too mobile. Um, but just kind of keep them involved in the group a little bit, I would say. Um, I would also suggest potentially if they've said they want to return in the near future, um, maybe just get something in the diary for, you know, maybe beginning of September to have a chat and a catch up. Um, and then the only other suggestion I would say is a ping the person who has the back injury, maybe a couple of pieces of research. Um, you know, I don't know if this, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe a couple of bits of research, maybe uh, keep checking in on them in regards to how they're getting on, send them some mobility, yeah, depending on the injury, et cetera. But I would just include them, uh, keep on including them and maybe get something in the diary for, you know, six four four five six weeks down the line so they've got a bit of a benchmark to touch base with you again apart from that and obviously they'll be on your mailing list and whatnot so so uh yeah that's what i'd say all right let's go um uh, i have two clients that i do group pt with who are not consistent they don't check in, they don't follow any advice that I give them, and in their sessions, it's just like they don't want to be there. They're the only clients who haven't made much progress. I've spoken with them and asked if they think personal training is right for them, which they said yes, but I don't know what more I can do to help them. I think, first of all, you've got to look at the fact that they want to change. Like You might not think so, but if you've put in front of them that um, is personal training for them right now. And they've said, yes, that they've expressed they want to change. So our job as a coach is to take them from that knowing to kind of doing that. And we need to, 
I suppose, stop probably giving advice and suggesting and telling and all of that type of stuff and probably banging your head against the brick wall at times. And I know it's frustrating um, and making sure that we take them from that, I suppose, where they are right now to, to, to the fact that they want to change. Like, I, I think really homing in on that. I would personally sit them down like individually and go back through goals. Um, that would be the first thing that I would do. I would explore barriers. Um, I'd start to look at any discrepancy they've got in regards to them barriers where they're basically turning around and saying, I want to change, but, and they have any ambivalence or negativity or resistance towards change. And then your job as the coach is to help them, I suppose, guide them through that. Um, they might not be aware that that's basically that that's something that they're kind of falling down on a little bit. And even if they are aware, it's up to you as the coach to help them break through it. Is the method right? Um, are the sessions engaging them? Understandably, understandably it's group PT. Um, so there will be a framework to it, but there still has to be a level of autonomy within that, within their, within their programming as well. Um, so making sure it's right for them it is really key. I understand how frustrating that might be in terms of you feel like you've tried quite a lot and all of that type of stuff. But I come back to my first point, they want to change. So sitting down with them, going back through goals, going back through barriers, making sure you're creating complete autonomy with the client to help them solve their own problems with this type of stuff. Maybe highlight some of the things that you have noticed and see if see how they think and feel about them. And then basically start building a, a bit of a plan to help them break through that. Um, if, the, if they'd expressed and turned around and said to you, no, I don't want personal training moving forward, then it makes the decision easier, but they want to change. So you, you, your job as the coach is to guide and lead them through these kind of sticking points of where they might not have sight anymore of what their goal is. So yeah, that's what I would say. Anything you'd add? Mm -hmm. Right, next one. Next one. What to include with an education hub for clients in a platform such as Kajabi? Um, but what to include in edu education hub? Well, Kajabi isn't just a kind of standalone. Like, for example, Kajabi, you can almost create your, as an example, your kind of client journey of education, right? So uh, you can include that in there. Um, and you can do releases and bits and pieces like that and so forth and so forth. Um, so what you would include, the information and how you would present that would be the same as what you would do in your client journey for a, a set of emails or whatnot. So the information is is based on the clientele that you've got. Um, so, yeah, that doesn't really change. Kajabi's got a number of different things. You can basically kind of run your bookings and your coaching service through that um, and have different packages, whether it's um, you are just selling the education portal and maybe a coaching call, whether it's one-to-one, -one, um, whether it's a group scenario. So there's lots of different functionalities that you can bespoke for what you want to provide people. Um, but the actual education, what to include in it is exactly the same um, as what you do in your member journey, uh, sorry, your client journey, your onboarding journey. That would largely depend on your clientele. So. Uh, we have got that list um, and that a couple of different frameworks on the on the portal. So um, who is this? 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll ping over or we can chat about it on Thursday about that. But yeah, depends on the service you want to provide. Anything else to add on that? No, not really. Like we could sit and we could list loads of topics, couldn't we? Yeah. It depends on the market, the demographic. Um, it depends on where it is that they struggle with most, what's most relevant. I think a lot of PTs just do these trainings now because it seems to be like the new cool thing to do. But a lot of it comes from you and not the client. So I think it's really important that whatever topic suggestions that you might have, you run them all by your client group and get them to vote on the most popular ones. And then you do them first in working order. Is there anything I'd add? Um, I'm setting up a group walk for my clients. They can, um, group clients, they can invite a friend. Should I open up to people outside of my clients to make it into a bigger event or get some and get some new people interacting with my current clients? It's no right or wrong answer to this. Like, yes, it's a great opportunity to let people see inside of your community. Um, and then bringing a friend might be enough for that. Um, if I'm honest, there is no harm in reaching out to maybe your social channels or your email list or your network of leads that you might have and inviting them. I don't think there's any harm in that at all. I, I also think that this is just my preference, right, of what I would do. Doesn't mean to say it's right. I personally would keep it to all of my clients plus one or two of their friends. Um, because for me, it's an advantage of being in your community and the marketing that comes off the back of it um, that you can show off like the pictures and all of that type of stuff will therefore help other people see what great of, of a community that you're creating. Um, so my personal preference would be my current clients and maybe invite a friend. Um, yeah, so that would be my preference, but there is absolutely no harm in that opening it up to um, maybe people who have expressed an interest in the past or social media and stuff like that. Yeah, but I just think it's a massive advantage to create that close-knit type community within your group. I think there's a lot to a lot to say for that. Well, would you do any different? Things are the way you look at it, really. Like you can look at it as a you know, a big, a huge kind of feature and benefit to your current clients. And if you want to be, if that's something that you feel is going to be quite a big game changer for a lot of your clientele, then I think I agree with Ant. I think if you're using it and have a, um, a goal or an aspiration for it to be able to bring in more people, open it up. It, it, so you, on one hand, you can use it as, a bit of a hybrid of you know keeping your clients accountable but also a little bit of a lead magnet or it could just be you know a really great feature of your business so it depends on what you want out of it i guess next one next one next one i have an all an always growing to-do list for stuff i would like to add to my service what things should i consider when prioritizing certain tasks over others good question that um, I think the word like is the key thing to kind of focus on here um, and changing that for what, what do you, what do you need to add in um, to your service that is based around your client feedback. So, you know, you're never going to really kind of home in on what that is and help prioritize things unless you've got that 
first of all, a very clear understanding of what you're trying to achieve in your business. Secondly, like what are your clients asking for? What is the feedback from them that is going to help you prioritize what to start to focus on um, and what to leave to the back of the list for, you know, end of the year or next year or whatnot. So two things, how to find this out, go back over your goals. Um, and it doesn't have to be 12 month goals. It could be kind of what, what you want to achieve in the next kind of two, three months or before the end of the year. Um, and then get feedback from your clients. Let them guide you on that. Um, for clarity, onboarding is a process that starts as soon as someone inquires, not just when someone has paid. Yeah, so we, we split this up into two um, within the mentorship. You've got onboarding a prospect and onboarding a client. Onboarding a prospect is correct, what you've just said, like onboarding a prospect would start as soon as they inquire. Um, what that might look like is your onboarding sequence, so they inquire. Um, they fill out a form, they book in in Calendly, um, they book a call, they have a bit of a call to get to know you, you then book in um, a consult, you go through goal setting and then they pay. And then that's when we then turn around and say, right, you onboard a client now. So you've onboarded a prospect into your business and now you onboard a client. And that's a little bit different because like Nick goes through within the mentorship, he goes through a little bit on buyer's remorse and how to make sure that they don't kind of go through that with you and how to onboard a client effectively. What should you expect? How can you separate yourself from other coaches in terms of professionalism, communication, that slickness of that first seven days of them knowing what and how everything works and all of that. So to answer to the question in short is yes, um, you are right, onboarding a prospect starts at inquiring, but you, as soon as they pay, you onboard a client. And for us, that's, that's a little bit different. And that's it. We done, Short and sweet one. Belting, any final thoughts? Normal, coffee. You go and get your coffee. Breakfast as well, and a breakfast, yeah. All right, what are you having for breakfast? Yogurt. That's fucking boring, isn't it? Yogurt, fruit, muesli, every day. It's what I like, Anne, all right? All right, listen. You have a great day, Nick. All right. Speak to you later. Later. Ta-da.